Shut up and sit down. What's up and welcome to the Performance Tree Podcast, where we connect the dots in strength and conditioning. Our goal is to educate, evaluate, and explore all aspects of holistic athletic development. Again, we're back! <laughs> Woof. Yeah, but now about a thousand miles away. Um... No longer in Youngstown, everybody. I'll just get that out yes. of this right away. I'm no longer in college strength for the time yeah. being. I moved to Houston, Texas on the 6th of January. We're recording this on the 18th. So been here for like almost, I don't really know how to do math, I guess. Almost two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Two weeks and two days now. So... I uh, would highly recommend for anybody who wants to do good things that I know they got like 14 inches of snow and uh, it's 60 and sunny here. So I can roll with that every day. Yeah, it was a uh, pain in the ass to drive to work yesterday. Essentially had a uh, police escort, if anyone was wondering, because the police officer's officer thought I was going to uh, get stuck in the snow. So Yeah, well, the picture you sent me definitely indicated that your car was uh, cemented to the ground. So, yeah, yep. I showed everybody that at work, by the way. Really? What'd they say? Because they were like, I don't, we've never seen snow like that. And I'm like, oh, it's pretty normal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's pretty, it's not even Michigan level snow. No, nah. no, Michigan didn't even get hit, by the way. That's off topic. Okay. Yeah. Just, just recapping here. Um, Connor, how's life at Youngstown? You know, it's, it, it's uh, different here, right? So we had some coaching changes here at Youngstown. So brought in some new GAs, obviously, currently looking for uh, another director. So um, right now, there's, it's, a, it's a little bit of everything, you know. Um, I mean, me and Nick, my coworker, men's basketball, we're ser- sort of serving in the, in the director role for the time being. Um, which, you know, that's definitely a new experience for me, um, dealing with some more administrative roles and also sort of trying to provide some leadership for the uh, other GAs here. Um, it's definitely had its challenges so far, um, you know, because, you know, as a, as a leader, as someone in a leadership position or over some over people, you can't or you're not always going to be able to please everyone. Um, right. And I, that's obviously thing. That's obviously something in coaching, too. If you're in a leadership role, you're a coach, you're over coaches. It's it's not your job to be liked. Um, it's your job to coach them. It's your job to provide some sort of leadership, some mentorship for for them. And whether they like you or their feelings about you, you know, come the way that's that's ultimately on them because it's uh, that's that's not your role. You know, it doesn't matter if you're liked or not liked because you're there to do a job. So yeah, we we may or may not have done an entire episode about our role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. a very, uh, it's a very weird area. Um, yeah. but yeah, Youngstown, uh, Youngstown definitely 180 since, uh, since I've last been there. It sounds yeah. like, I mean, and then with this, like, I don't know, we can still go down this rabbit hole. I mean, with, with this, like, I don't know if I want a, um, director role yet, at least in college strength and conditioning. Um, I think I was talking with you and Zachary about this, but 
Like, I, I, I mean, I sort of want to stay the basketball only route um, and focus on like the actual training side of things and training athletes and deal with as little administration and coaches as possible. Like, I know that's part of the job, but um, that's, that's not where I want to invest my time or put a lot of my time. And I think like with, with this sort of interim role, like I'm seeing, like there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes um, with any of these like higher roles or higher um, director roles. And I, I, I don't know if I want that right now. Yeah. I, I didn't want obviously any part of it because I went yeah. to, uh, you know, yeah. the private sector side of things, which yeah. for anybody out there that feels comfortable coaching, once you get a good grip and have a few mentors under your belt, I would 10 out of 10 recommend that based on my experiences thus far. It really doesn't take away once you get to the point of, I mean, just update on my situation, I guess, first, before I just jump yeah. the gun there. I uh, moved to Houston, Texas, obviously, that I said that probably six times already, but I'm down here working out of a batting cage. There's a weight room set up in the back of it, kind of a kickstarting a private sector baseball, softball specific training gym. Uh, it's very, very easy to market that in a market that is the fourth largest city in America where there's plenty of athletes, I'm sure of all kinds. I haven't seen the other sides of it, but I know baseball down here is kind of like, you know, a, a, a pretty solid religion uh, is one way to put it. The people eat, sleep, live, breathe baseball. That's it. The Astros are really good right now too, which makes it popular with the younger crowd. Uh, even the little guys kind of want to get involved and, uh, just the faces I see day in, day out, it's, it makes it worthwhile when you find something you really like and you're in an area where uh, the population exceeds the demand for that tenfold. I think there's, I mean, really looking around, there's, there's many, 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 many baseball facilities. And I thought it was kind of weird at first that uh, baseball was indoors for the large majority of time in Houston, but it rains here a lot. So that's something that I don't know if anybody really knows. Yeah, it rains uh, or during the summer, at least. I mean, it's either like 102 degrees outside or it's pouring rain. So a lot of the high schools it's and there's some things that are kind of backwards. Like not everybody down here has a strength coach. That's just kind of the assumption from afar, because, you yeah. know, Joey Berglis and those kinds of people you see uh, training high schools in Texas and they just blow your mind. And there's these football yeah. stadiums that are the size bigger than college stadiums around there. But I guess. Uh, unless I haven't seen them, I'm sure they exist in Houston. Like I know Katie on the West side of the city has a, like a number one team in the nation every year in high school. I haven't really been out that way. I live in the Southeast side. So football doesn't seem to be a, a huge deal, but that's probably who I surround myself with. Granted, I've been here for like less than two weeks. I'm sure it exists, but yeah, anyway, it's just been a blast. I mean, we're running, uh, we're running through the, the essential soft opening of the business. And uh, I have a few middle school classes, just had another team sign up. I'm handling the training for a division three baseball team out here with some guys who've seen some high level baseball, played some high level baseball and uh, that starts next week. So I'm pretty excited to get all that rolling like full speed. Just had a couple of my first high school groups uh, yesterday that went really well. It's just, it's amazing to me that the, the level that, that these kids are achieving at a young age, just training with strength coaches from the time that they're 12, 13, uh, they're basically, I mean, I don't want to hate on anybody at Youngstown because I know you guys probably checked this out. I know a couple of you have, maybe you won't anymore because you're not talking to me directly, but some of these, some of these 14 year olds could outlift half the college kids I had 
which is a, a refreshing feeling and they're hungry. And one of my kids, Dane just lives at, at the facility that he's at and the yeah, shout out Dane. Uh, every time I'm there, I see him there and he's doing something to try and play better baseball, essentially. Oh, yeah. So it's a good culture. Like it so far. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think, um, I think a lot of college kids honestly get complacent. I would agree. Like, you know, like in high school, you know, you're trying to get to, you know, the goal is to get to that next level college, whatnot. Then you sort of get to college. And honestly, I, I, it seems like most of them sort of get complacent. And obviously like we're coming at it from like a weight room standpoint, but like, I don't know, like when you, when you go to college, like essentially you get to reinvent your persona, you know, like, at most of these schools, like probably you're not going to really know a ton of people, you know, from growing up in high school for your first 18 years of life. Right. So, you know, whether you, you want to come in and, you know, be that workhorse, like you can do that. And then like, essentially, you know, that's you for, you know, the next four or five years potentially, or, you know, you can come in and just be, you know, the, the slap dick who just, you know, does their two hour practice goes hard in two hour practice. And then the other 22 hours of the day, they, you know, just jerk around and do whatever. I think on that same token, though, there is a, a lot more, you know, it's a different experience when you get to the college level because you're kind of just on your own for the most part. And yeah, yeah. things become a lot like I, I talk a lot on just freedom, like liberty and freedom are two things that are super important to me, uh, just in, in general in life, not talking political there. Um, just having the ability to do what you want when you want is something that's different and I think changes the MO for a lot of athletes because there comes times where your sessions in high school may have been you working on what you wanted to work on in the gym just because yeah. nothing was scheduled for that. Your class load in high school, you can honestly, you can set it up to be as easy or as hard as you really want it to. And uh, you can kind of work on the things you want to work on when you want to work on them and then go see who you want to see to teach you those things if you choose to, to reach out for instruction based on that. And in the college level, you're entitled to go to all these meetings, go to all these group events, go to all these practices that are mandatory, 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 along with things like weights like that, like any, yeah. any minor altercation with any of those people or things that they place in their mind. And I think that's why we see uh, now being a part of it, just the rift in college culture is is the, the genuine dislike for coaches. I don't think comes from a genuine dislike for their coaches. It's just that the freedom of choice is now taken from you. So you don't really have the opportunity to have yeah. a say in what you're, what kind of input. Yeah. Getting in those certain realms of instruction, mm -hmm. if you will. I, I think that's more so where it comes from. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, here, so this is a sort of good transition, you know, talking about choice. Um, all right. I, I briefly on this episode just briefly wanted to touch on sort of systems thinking um, and using systems thinking within your program and structuring a program. And, you know, how does this relate to choice? Um, you know, within. Um, so the whole idea with it, you know, with systems thinking is to have a system in place for, you know, whether that's your athletic performance training, your rehab, reconditioning, whatever it is, have a have a system in place so the outcomes can be repeatable. Um, you know, I, th I think within a system, you know, within a college system, I think a big part of that is getting feedback from your athletes. Um, but you need to be, um, mindful of which athletes, you know, which athletes feedback is you wait more, right? Like 
I'm going to take my seniors feedback a lot better um, and consider their feedback a lot more than the freshmen's feedback. Um, you know, that that's just one example, you know, how I think that works into a system and how that changes the system. Um, right. But so that, that, that's something, you know, I don't, I don't really want to go down too deep of a rabbit hole here. Um, but I think that this is something that I'm going to try, I'm going to try to look into, try to find people who, um, who view their program as this also and have, and have systems place, try to get them on here to talk about it. Um, because th this is something that I'm, I'm really trying to get to, um, just to make outcomes repeatable, um, over the long term, right. Within, you know, the college setting, at least like, right. Women's basketball, right. Most of these girls, you know, they're not one and done, you know, like that, that's not really a thing. Right. So I know I got four years, right. I know, I know, you know, freshman year, unless they're a stud, they're not really playing a ton. Um, you know, then you can go, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year. Right. But I know, you know, we get their academic calendar. Right. I know I have seven weeks in the summer, then they go home for two weeks, then they're back on campus in late August. And I have August, September, October. I know November we're going to have scrimmages and then our preseason games. And then we're in season from November to March, um, you know, hopefully through March. And then, you know, we get a couple. I know. Right. I'm not guessing. I know we get a couple weeks off in April and then we do our offseason training for the rest of the semester. And then most of the girls will go home and train on their own from from, people, from May to July and they're back on campus, right? Versus, so like you can have a system in place for these things, um, right? And, and that's ultimately like what I'm trying to get to, right? And every, everyone, I think, you know, sort of talks about, you know, the annual plan. Essentially, that's what I just laid out is like the annual plan, you know, the annual macro cycle. But then also looking at like at a um, quadrennial cycle, right? Like four years, right? Um, you know, having that in place for four years. Um, and I, I know that's, I, I don't want to talk in absolutes cause I don't really, you know, I don't think there are like, you know, definite absolutes here. Like things are, you know, going to change and will probably always change, you know, as we're learning and reading and, and finding out new information. Um, but like, I, I, I would like to have these systems in place and just take out the guesswork. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's a uh, college is a revolving door. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you get four years to spend and then four years to, to push out. And I like to think too, granted, I don't want to talk like an expert because this is the first screening process I've, I've gone through. I think I have four screens that I've been doing with the people that I've been intaking. And I'll, I, I would say right now, four out of the five that we've been through have very, very similar tendencies based on age group too. To, to, not tendencies, but similar screens. So yeah. you're always going to have outliers and those kinds of things, but I would venture to say that, well, at this point, just based on the four out of five math that, you know, 80 to 90% of your people that are coming in as freshmen probably have the same issues yeah. and same things that okay. they need to improve upon to be successful performance wise in the college basketball sector for you. Yep. So no, it would be, it'd be nice to have that. I mean, I'm I sure, agree. I'm sure that's a thing everywhere. Yeah. No, I think, well, I, I just don't know how many people do it on such a large scale, you know, and like, obviously, um, the thing that's really getting me like thinking about this, you know, is the, or that got me thinking about this is the, um, you know, long-term athletic development from Elon, 
where, you know, re- reading, reading their book that um, was Jordan Newsman. I'm probably butchering his last name um, that him and Nick DeMarco put out. Um, right. Like they, they know, you know, what um, periodization, what training methodology they're using for their four years. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything that, that they're doing, but I, that I, but I like that they have it laid out. Yes. You know, um, where I don't think a lot of people are doing that. I think a lot of people, I think everybody fucking has an annual plan, right? Anybody, anybody, anybody can do that. Um, but then there's the other thing, like who actually, who actually uses their fucking annual plan? Nobody. It changes after month one. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, cause there's, there's so many things that change. But I think just having like a general idea and outline, you know, what, you know, is your training philosophy and training um, principles and then using that to develop the athletes for the, to get, to give yourself like that, that framework to develop those athletes for those four years. Right. So like, because this is what I've been working on. So like, I think, I think right now this, this would be my training philosophy. Um, that my program is underpinned by maximal outputs and the capacity to resist deformation in all planes of motion. So, like my theory with that is that if my athletes can work and produce higher max outputs and maintain advantageous advantageous positions throughout the entire game, we will outperform our opponents. Right. So that's sort of like my training philosophy and my theory for training. So, so with that, like that's gonna dictate my training so i'm I'm gonna my training is going to be revolved around maintaining positions in all all planes of motion and then um max max outputs in all all planes of motion right and that can start right so right i get a freshman in right so you know you hear max outputs and you know you might get some people who are just like oh you know probably think of like um like west side or conduit like max effort method like yeah you're right with that but guess what i have a freshman athlete who has no lean muscle mass right we know more cross-sectional area will help can like a larger muscle can potentially produce more force so guess what they're probably going to need more hypertrophy right like they they don't need to jump into that right now and then it comes like in the system right it comes um uh comes into the uh the saying that we talk about like don't play your you know king or ace when a four or five will take the trick it's you know, if you're familiar with card games for people out there, which I hope you are. Um, right. And if, if you know, if you know the, the, you know, the force velocity curve too, you know, that just training in a fashion after they've nailed positions and been able to prove that they can pattern movements. Well, that compensatory acceleration will eventually fall somewhere on that curve, regardless, even if it's hypertrophy training. So yep. you're, you're, set of eight on a dumbbell press could fall into the realm of strength speed still at the end of the day. Like you're still going to get some of those training effects yeah. residually, even yeah. if they're residually. So, yeah. I mean, that's the whole deal with power that I'm kind of dealing with right now too. On my end is that a lot of these kids are, you know, 14, 15, they need to get stronger. Uh, I mean, that's going to benefit them the most almost in the long run until they develop a, a great deal of strength. To where yep. we, you know we stop getting stronger, or however you decide how strong is strong enough, and until that point, the compensatory acceleration of their submaximal strength work is still going to fit on that force velocity curve, and it's still going to drive their maximal power outputs up. And the same thing, training that through other means is still going to get you those kinds of outputs that you want to work along the curve. 
So like a med ball throw, for example, like I can manipulate the load of a med ball throw to fit along the force velocity curve to still kind of get the training effect that I'm desiring with a low learning curve. So like if you take the legs out of a a med ball throw, then we're patterning part of the movement because the kinetic sequence is super important in rotation. Then you're working on the top half of the kinetic chain, essentially from the knee up rather than teaching it from the feet up. So there's no, there's no mechanical underpinnings that are causing difficulty in the movement, but you're still training power which is a little bit off base, but the same kind of thing. You're going to get oh, yeah. training effects out of the same kind yeah. of things, even if you're training hypertrophy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and like, you know, how does that go into the system thinking? It's like, right. Well, you're doing, you know, that before maybe you're doing like over speed throws or something like that. Right. You know, well, I think this was a good, good ep- first episode back. Yeah, brief, but that's the way we like it yep. here. Attention yep. the whole time around. Exactly. Hey, Will, and then, you know, to the audience, if you got this far and you're listening, if you have anyone in mind that, you know, you think we should get on here or one on here, hey, shoot us a DM, send us a message, text us if you have our number, um, and, you know, tell us to get this person on. We're open to it. And uh, we're open to talking to all sorts of people as well. I yes. think that should be yeah. laid out there. It doesn't have to be a strength coach. If you want us to talk to, you know, the Pope or Gandhi, uh, we'll get them on too and uh, see what we can do there. Cause I'm always, I'm always down to learn. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more content based on strength and conditioning and performance related materials, please go ahead and check us out on Instagram. That will be our main social media. The only one that we're truly active on and use at the performance tree. Again, T-H-E-P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-N-C-E-T-R-E-E at Instagram. Thank you guys for listening and tune in next time for another great episode. Also, if you find yourself as a baseball or softball athlete or your kid is one or you know one, or you might think that it adds value to somebody's life, I'm training out of DBAT Webster in Webster, Texas. The business is called Velo Vault, V-E-L-O-V-A-U-L-T, and we train baseball and softball athletes holistically, that being speed, strength, weight room-based stuff, plyo throwing, as well as youth foundational classes. So if you're in need of training and you're a baseball softball athlete and you want to take your game to the next level, please reach out. You can find us at VeloVaultSportsPerformance.com or you can show up to the facility. I'll be there from 4 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. And I would love to talk to you guys about how my training could influence your success as an athlete. Have a great day, guys.